Azazi Urigidi. Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, Cup Joy and a debut to remember down at Brighton, but at what cost? Uh, Back to league action next, we're going to hear from Gary Monk and from Morgan Fox as well. So how was the trip to Brighton? Uh, Lovely, as I went down the day before. Uh, So it was, yes, uh, we stayed over on Friday night. So it was nice not to have to do eight hours plus in the day. Hope you yeah, took I've in done that before. A nice artisan cafe or two. Uh, no, oh. I didn't. I, I went to a nice Italian restaurant. Uh, I actually like Brighton a lot. It's a, I've great been place. there a couple of times. Yeah, it's a great place to. You know, I think uh, it's got a lot going for it, Brighton. So yes. yeah, and it obviously is made better when the team gets a great result. Well, when did he win? Um, so there were some changes. We'll talk about the other stuff in a minute. First of all, we've got to talk about the the debutant. Let's let's start this as we mean to go on, professional as ever. How the heck are we pronouncing his name? So it is Azazi Urigidi. Uh, what? Azazi Urigidi. Or to you, James, the big O. The big O. Azazi Bigidi. Urigidi. Urigidi. Yes. Right, bigger. Um, <laughs> what a debut! Yeah, it was a great debut. Um, he, he he barely put a foot wrong. He didn't look overawed by the occasion. Nineteen. He only found out the day before that he was playing. He's been a, a part of the squad a couple of times. But yeah, for him to to come in and I know that wasn't full strength the best Brighton team that they could have picked but they still had some really good attacking players out there uh, and I thought defensively yeah he was really assured uh, I think he didn't offer masses going forwards but he was solid um, and he didn't look out of place one little bit uh, and it, it was great to see as well and and of course you know a lot's been made of the post-match interview which was fantastic uh, you know, it was a privilege to be there. You know, it's so it's so nice that you know you see a lot of sort of media trained players these days that give you the generic sound bites, but the enthusiasm, the passion there, how much it meant to him having been released by AFC Wimbledon last summer. He didn't know where the next club was coming from, and he happened to perform really well on trial for Wednesday. Got the new deal. You know, got a deal. Uh, and then here we are, seven months later, and he's made his first ever appearance. And I've, uh, I'm judging by that, and uh, with the decisions that seem to have been made at right back, Liam Palmer's injury, and we'll come to Moses Odebagio in a little bit, uh, you, you would think that he's going to add to the appearance he made at Brighton over the coming weeks and months. Yeah, you've got to say well done to the to the lad, because to make your um, debut in a, an FA Cup game at a Premier League ground is um is quite something and um he didn't seem overawed by it and yeah the interview is kind of the thing that's that's got the most traction hasn't it? it's got people talking kind of the great and the good from around the football world have kind of been on about that on on social media and um i think it's just the fact that there's just that genuine like grin on his face that he can't that he just can't 
shift um, because he's just genuinely so so pleased and so kind of thankful and and kind of like how how humble he came across is mm-hmm. is just refreshing and um, I think in a in a weird sort of way I think what that's done for a few Wednesday fans is just kind of re- maybe kind of give them a few Wednesday fans that nudge in terms of thinking actually this squad does need a bit of a shake up because we do need more people like that we need people that are a bit younger a bit fresher that haven't been there done it seen it and all that kind of stuff that have got that that passion that desire and are on kind of the 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 crest of the wave or on the way up rather than kind of on the on the other side so mm. the kind of the effect of um of, of that is really interesting it, it, on the, on the, the other thing I'd add James too is that it was, do you know what? It was nice for a bit of good publicity yeah. for, for Sheffield Wednesday after a tough couple of weeks on the pitch and with everything that we've we've discussed and talked about at length that's happening off it. Uh, then to have this post-match interview that the club have put on the Twitter feed that, yeah, that's been watched by over 3 million people and to have all the former players and pundits and fans lining up to to praise the young players so you know good on him and good for Wednesday really you know to act you know get back on track after you know that poor performance last week against Hull uh, and to get a really good win uh, and they thoroughly deserved it you know they were the better side uh, for long periods created number of good opportunities um, and, and there were so many positives that they could take from that one uh, and another one being, of course, the match winner. Uh, yeah, fantastic for Adam Reach to get back on the score sheet as it had been a long time. I've got to hold my hands up a little bit here because um, I, I, I kind of said last week, I, I'm not that fussed about the FA Cup. I'd have made you know widespread changes and, and wouldn't have really been bothered whether or not we won the game. But in hindsight, I think it was... It, it was. It kind of felt a little bit like stopping the rot. That this kind of real downward spiral that we've that we've had in a very short space of time, in kind of two weeks over Christmas, things have gone from being looking really good to to being like really bad. And it's been dramatic how it's changed. So something that gives us um, something to smile about, not just the fact that it was a win, the fact that you know we without doubt outplayed. Brighton, who weren't playing a full-strength team, but as you said, it certainly wasn't a, a complete reserve team. Um, so it sounds like you've done a complete U-turn. Really, well, not necessarily, because this does bring us to the other kind of issue from the game, which was uh, when the team came out at, at two o'clock, there was one name on it that stood out for me in terms of me thinking, oh, I don't know, and that was Fletcher. Um, because we know that he's not been out injured, has he? He's been out ill he's been unwell but it still just felt like for a player and I say this with the utmost respect for him um, he he does tend to pick up niggling injuries I'm not going to say he's injury prone but he does pick up those little injuries that keep him out for a game or two here and a game or two there Um, to risk him from the start for me and I, I nearly tweeted about it and just thought oh James you're just being kind of you know, negative about the FA Cup, just leave it, let it be. Um, and of course, we saw what then happened in the second half with with him um, picking up an injury that it looks like it's probably not as bad as it could have been. Uh, as we record this, it's actually before you go and talk to Gary Monk, so we're not entirely sure what he's going to say, which we'll, we'll hear later in the podcast, but we're not kind of too sure what, what he'll say. But it's looking unlikely that he'll feature on, on Saturday against Leeds. So... A good day on Saturday in terms of the the win and the positives, but for me at quite a heavy cost because when Stephen Fletcher's not on the pitch, we've seen over Christmas just how less likely we look to score. 
Yes, uh, I do understand though where Gary Monk uh, was coming from in playing him that Stephen Fletcher had missed quite a bit of football over the Christmas period, uh, having been ill, lost a lot of weight. He felt that he needed some minutes uh, and actually revealed afterwards that the plan was to take him off after an hour. So if Wednesday had come away with a 1-0 victory, Stephen Fletcher had come through the match unscathed, we wouldn't be talking about this. It's the fact that it's a very innocuous injury that he picked up through landing awkwardly and it could have happened to anyone. So I, I do... Re- I do understand the thought process behind playing him like you would I maybe have yeah it's so easy to say with hindsight would you have started another striker uh, would you have played Sam Winnell again from the start or Atty New you Jordan Rhodes it's not on a, it's, it's not a position in the squad is it where they're short of numbers mm-hmm. but, but Gary Monk obviously felt it was the right thing to do with one eye probably on Leeds and the next month or so, where Wednesday actually now have this period of where they have a full week to prepare pretty much for, they've got Leeds, they've got Blackburn, the the, the next round of the Cup, so they've got no midweek matches, uh, and so with Fletcher having missed that busy festive period, you know, he's made a judgement call, and unfortunately Fletcher's picked up this injury. There's been a lot of talk about the midfield, it was obviously a kind of a, an unorthodox Wednesday midfield. The, the, there wasn't anyone in there that we would... Um, or it wasn't a combination of players that we'd necessarily look towards. Normally, it was a position where it was a, a part of the pitch where we did ring the changes was, was midfield. Uh, but some very positive comments about how everyone played together. Kieran Lee looked like he'd got that little bit of freedom that he really enjoys. Uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan in the world of, of Pelle Pessi, but... A good performance from from him, and it was a combination of players that worked. It was, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, do you know what? It's sort of gone under the radar this week, actually. That there's been a lot of chat plaudits for Big O, Adam Reach, but Joey Pelipesi was superb at Brighton. That's as good as he's played in a long, long time, and you yeah. saw all his qualities there and what he brings to this team. Uh, defensively the work he does off the ball at the ugly side of the game is important and I think sometimes this season we've seen that when Wednesday have come a cropper it's when they've been out for in midfield or they haven't won enough second balls Jerry Pelly Pessy did a great job in there without a doubt and, and I think Kieran Lee and Massimo Luongu, they they did, they complemented each other very well, and that's why I think they 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 have given Gary Monk plenty of food for thought ahead of Leeds, uh, and this the setup is going to be fascinating. I know we'll discuss it more in a bit, but what he goes with in terms of is it four four two or does he stick with sort of four one four one four five one? Call it what you want. Uh, going to the leaders, it, you know, it's a big challenge, and and so do you, do you go with Pelly Pessy again? But then you've got Barry Bannon and Sam Hutchinson who are nice and fresh, so he's got real nice selection headaches in there, which maybe we haven't been saying 
over the festive period. I think it was just a good reminder from the fringe players, really, of what they're capable of, and they've they've got a lot to offer. And and I think for some of them, it was it was maybe a last chance saloon as well. Yeah. That that we've seen that Gary Monk has. There's probably about fifteen to sixteen players who he's largely picked in his time since coming here. So the likes of, I'd say, Joey Pelipetti, Kieran Lee, are prime examples of guys who've not had a lot of football under him in the last two months. So it was very important for them to step up and put in performances. And I thought they were, yeah, they were very good. It is going to be interesting against Leeds because, you know, you look at you look at Bannon, you look at Hutchinson, you'd say that on a normal day, they're, Pretty much first names on the on the team sheet, but we 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 sort of bemoaned in a, a couple of episodes recently about the tendency, probably of both of them, to kind of always drop deep. And and Hutch didn't have a, a great game on on New Year's Day. His um, kind of crossfield balls were, were sort of way off. Um, Bannon's obviously had a couple of wobblier games for him recently, and it does raise that that question when actually that that kind of flow from defence to attack which which seemed to work really well against um, Brighton and and not something we've seen a huge amount of in league games of, of late so you know how um, Gary Monk maybe tries to piece those two things together and think well how do you put Bannon into that equation and is it about giving him a more attacking role or is it actually about making him a, the more defensive minded midfielder and, and having someone like Kieran Lee in or even Massimo Luongo in to, to kind of um, link up those two areas of the pitch a little bit more it is going to be it's going to be interesting absolutely yeah I, it's one of them where yeah Gary Monk he's got a lot to weigh up really then you, you would think that yeah Stephen Fletcher is, is going to be out for a period of time so he's got to rejig that forward line and he's got to decide on his midfield combination it didn't work for the three games over that Christmas and you know the festive new year period so um they performed really well at Brighton they did as a three and they, and they dovetailed effectively so uh, it, it, yeah he's got selections real selection headaches a word on Brighton um, you know they were the Premier League team on the on the day um, and a lot of talk about you know how they've been playing quite free-flowing stuff under um, I forgot his name Graham Potter Graham Potter um, no real evidence of it though on Saturday they looked like a team that just weren't really interested at, at, at all and um, it, nothing particularly worked for Brighton they no didn't, they didn't look dangerous no not really I, I, I thought the, especially at 1-0 down they just didn't seem to have anything to offer I, you know what I, I did enjoy was the battle between Neil Mope who you know I think you know he's a quality forward uh, and you know he's done really well for them in the Premier League this season and Dominic Iorfa who bar, bar one slip in the first half that could have been costly but a you know, great block from Cameron Dawson you know Iorfa he yet again you know, what more could you say about him he was a man mountain back there he was there. absolutely rock solid wasn't he yeah and, yeah and actually he's as you mentioned earlier I think he's one of the performances that Everyone saw it and sort of thought, yeah, he played really well. But then all the attentions yeah. being on the big O. So um, Iorfa's probably not had the credit he deserved for one of his one of his best performances in the Wednesday show. He was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and another department when you think about it too, going to Leeds, where what does Gary Monk do at centre half? Yeah. yeah, it's after they've kept clean sheet, and you would think that that back four he. 
will he go with that again? Will he stick with that? You know, after they've defended so well at a Premier League club and you've got another huge test on the horizon, do you dare change it? But you've got Tom Lees, who was on the bench and came on uh, late, you know, late against Brighton. So what do you do? do you, you know, that's your club captain. Do you bring him back? But then who do you leave out? You know, I suppose if you were to go for experience and you know that there's going to be 30,000 plus at Elland Road it's how how will Azazi how will he stand up to that uh, right back i think that's the one of the huge dilemmas that Gary Monk's got you know the the easy way to get around this is to put Dominic Iorfa to right back again and then Tom Lees against his former club with Julian Burner at centre half Morgan Fox at left back but we'll wait and see. Really, I, yeah. I think. I think actually, when you um, when we're talking about the team selection for a match, I think it, this is going to be. It's gonna, certainly one of the, the most intriguing that we've had actually, possibly ever under Gary Monk. Um, with what's at stake, Wednesday still needing to stop the rot in the league. That you know you don't want to be losing four in a row going into Blackburn at home. When was the last time we lost four in a row? Uh, November 2018 so right. not that long ago of That's course it was that Jos Lukai period right. going into the Sheffield Derby at Bramaway right okay uh, we'll talk more about the Leeds game in, in a bit just a couple of closing things on the uh, Brighton game we've touched on it a little bit but obviously Adam Reach who as we saw in that Jos season with all the injuries that sometimes when he's one of the more senior players on the pitch he has that tendency to kind of stand up a little bit more and be countered a little bit more. Um, and one of the better performances we've seen for him recently, it was a heck of a deflection, but you know he got the goal. You, it, it, you've got to hit it in the right place to get the deflection. So um, credit to him for, for that. Um, we have said this a couple of times about Adam Reach needing that good performance, needing that goal to maybe turn the season around for him. And it hasn't happened yet. Fingers crossed this might be the one. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think he, he's earned that slice of good fortune that he had uh, at Brighton. He, you know, he, he, there's been other times where he's come desperately close to scoring and things haven't fallen for him or gone for him. And, and it did last weekend. And I was pleased for him. I actually thought he was quiet in the first half uh, and, and again looked like a player who's maybe lacking a bit of confidence. So I think hopefully... This will give him the belief to kick on. And actually, one other thing I wanted to mention about the goal is not for the first time under Gary Monk, we have seen a really good set-piece routine. I thought it was a well-worked uh, you know, free kick. And again, what you, know, you, you could argue about Brighton should have done better at dealing with it. But Wednesday had a few blockers in the wall but, but the, just the whole setup, and I think we've seen that actually from corners and free kicks, and again with time, I think it's a, an area where Wednesday will only improve, and the, you know that set pieces are so important at this level. 
You got, I'm, you got I'm, a smile I'm, on I'm face. grinning just because of the the hands on the head corner routine, which seems it seems to mean something different for every game. So there's nothing predictable about it. But that that corner was it Murphy the corner in the first half that just went straight out of play, and you're like, don't matter how long you put your hands on your head, if it's a crap ball in, it's a crap ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish corners was something we could do a little bit better from. Um, so just finally then fourth round draw um, QPR probably about as uninspiring a draw as you can get, but it is a winnable game. Yeah, they'd be looking at it the same way. I, Absolutely. I, I, shocking draw. I, I'm not going to lie. I I was hoping for either ground I've never been to or a winnable home tie, and we got neither. Manchester United away I was after because I've already booked my train tickets to Manchester for the Wigan game, which obviously isn't happening now. Ah, yeah. Rotten. Nah, it, uh, you know they thumped Cardiff uh, last week. Uh, you know in the in the cup was it six one or something? Yeah. yeah, and I tell you what, that that would be tough for Wednesday. You know they've got as we saw at Hillsborough. I, I think in that second half, I, I probably would still say that's one of the best performances against Wednesday this season. You know they they really did play Wednesday at times off the part, and they've got a lot of good attacking players. So that's that's going to be a difficult tie for Wednesday. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, right, let's get the thoughts of the boss. Here's Gary Monk. Good and bad news, really. It looked likely it was going to be a, a really serious one, um, but it's come back in terms of structurally his knee's fine, um, but it will be a, a significant period in terms of w- roughly around eight to ten weeks that he'll be out. So um, it's a blow for us, You know, any, losing any player, but especially your top goal scorer in such good form. So bittersweet, really, in terms of good that it, Potentially could have been a season ender, but still a bit of a blow because it's still a significant period, um, eight to ten weeks, yeah. How do you look to, to replace that? Can you replace that from within the squad or do you look outside of it? I think it, it, as I said to you before, you know, obviously looking at those attacking areas to help, you know, bolster that and, and add to the squad. Um, and of course with Fletch being out for that period, it, it does change the, that factor even more. But again, we're looking in a, a market of loans, which are number one, it's competitive. Um, number two, the type of window it is. As you can imagine, there's a lot of teams after the same type of players in that in those markets. So um, it, it's difficult. But we're working hard behind the scenes, and hopefully we can we can get to a, a solution on on a few options. But um, yeah, that works ongoing. There's nothing concrete at this moment in time. Stephen Fletcher aside, are there any other? Well, new concerns, injury, selection concerns ahead of this match at Leeds. No, no others. Obviously, Fernando should be back out on the training pitches next week. Um, Liam Palmer, um, hopefully, maybe the back end of next week. But we see, still very sore with that one. Um, and interesting pleasure. Yeah, the rest are yeah, fully available. Um, how much is there a temptation, not with, with Stephen Fletcher, of course, clearly, to, to run with the same team that you ran down at Brighton after such a strong performance. You rested a few senior players, of course, but that starting eleven did ever so well for you down there. Mm. I said before the game, I didn't rest players. I picked the team because they deserved the opportunity after the week that we had had. So um, a fantastic response, a fantastic performance. But, yeah, as I said to you before, the way I look at it is I just assess everything after each and every game. I don't pick teams and then plan for the next two or three games that oh, these will play then and these will play then and this you know it's, it's always try and pick a team to win the game and and yeah I said to you after the game a lot of food for thought and assessing them this week and then we'll be to pick a team 
to go down to Leeds and, and try and get the win. Because mm, I'm sure you were delighted, even in reflection with uh, Aragidi's performance mm. and how he fared against Premier League players. Yeah, fantastic experience for him. I think I said it afterwards, he can be very proud of that performance, his family and, and us as a club, you know, through the academy and being with the the academy side of it and a testament to them as well to bring Azazi in and and he's at a level where I felt he, as I said, deserved that opportunity and of course he he did well in the game, you know, he did well, it was a solid performance from him, a good first taste of it, the fact that he did it against Premier League opposition, especially with, with Gross that was on his side, which I think they, maybe they tried to do to target him and I thought he dealt with all of that in really mature and good way, so um, a very good debut for him, one that he'll remember forever, um, but he knows you know, there's a lot of improvement to be made and what he needs to do and you know, what he is is a very sensible lad and he knows that his job is to try and push his way into the first team squad on a permanent basis, that's his challenge now, um, he's had a taste of it, if he carries on with the attitude that he's got and of course possibilities of that in the future is, is, is really clear. We touched on it a bit earlier then. Um, let's chat a bit more about the Leeds game. Um, I'm assuming, did you see the Arsenal-Leeds game on whatever date it was? I didn't actually watch a lot of that, right, no. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I gather from reports that first half Leeds had had 15 shots and, and outplayed yeah. them. Well, it was, I mean, it, it was a game that probably summed Leeds up almost entirely over the last probably two or three years in terms of strong start, kind of levels off a bit and then really fades towards the end, which is, I think, how certainly how their seasons have, have, have gone. It, very strange. First half, it looked like it was going to be an absolute massacre from Leeds. You know, they, they were so unlucky not to score. They hit the bar and uh, they were just all over Arsenal. And then um, second half, they, they could barely string passes together and whether or not that was down to Arsenal really sorting out what they were doing or whether it just fell a apart a bit for um, Leeds but yeah I mean passes just going all over the place in the in the second half so it was a very strange game um, but I think the significant thing from that is is the, the first half the intensity that Leeds played with we know that defensively we you know we, we can be a bit fragile at times and if we're not on the ball in the first half if, if Leeds come at us the way they did against Arsenal I mean we could be out they could be out of sight by half time we've, we've, we've really got to be on the ball and you mentioned earlier about kind of the defensive selection questions and, and stuff like that. Um, I know Tom Lees is not necessarily the most popular of players with, with some Wednesday fans, but what he does bring is a, a steady head and a no-nonsense style of defending that I've mentioned before that just sometimes if there was a fault I could pick with Burner or I offer it's sometimes that tendency to try and play their way out of trouble rather than just just whack it out for a throw in or stick it behind for a corner. Just don't mess around. So what back four would you go with? I don't know. I'm 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 no, raising questions rather than answering. No, them. you can't sit on the um, I, I I reckon I think the bigger had a great debut, but I think throwing him in at, at Leeds might just be it. It would. It, it's a game that might make or break him, and I don't know if I'd risk that for the for the lad I think he's on you know he's on the crest of a wave at the moment he's, he's in a good place you, you could risk by playing him if it doesn't go well it's affecting his confidence and yeah, yeah. damaging him his development uh, I, I think he's, I, I do think he's a level above but I remember having conversations about Ash Baker the first game that he played and everyone going oh this guy's going to be fantastic and you know where's Ash Baker now yeah. so um I I just yeah. think I think it's it's great that we know about him now. It's great that he's got that first game under his belt. I 
probably go with what you said. And I, and I think I offer at fullback does raise questions as well as answering them. Because I think in a very short space of time, he's shown himself to be probably more mm. competent as a centre-back than he is as a, as a full-back. But I do think that 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 wise head of Tom Lee's will will be really beneficial for us on um, Saturday, and he'll he'll probably stand on the ball, give away a penalty, and score an own goal. Now I've said that, but it just feels looking at the way that Leeds played that 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 style of defending that Tom Lee's has has got um, those big games that he's played in time and time again. That's experience that would be really valuable. Do you know what? I'm going to be a little bit controversial and I think I'm going to go the other way that I think I would stick with Azazi uh, and I would play the same back four again and I think I would leave Tom Lees on the bench. Uh, he, he, yeah, he's a young player but he showed that he can rise to the occasion at Brighton uh, and Leeds, I, I don't think he'd be intimidated by the atmosphere. I think from what we've seen that this is a confident young boy and uh, he, I, I just think he's got a lot of good qualities when you look at him and you know the, the athleticism there, the pace, uh, and I think that he's got a very mature head on young shoulders. So I, I would be tempted, I would be tempted to again keep faith with that back four and and Dawson and goal. I think that the other thing to say about Burner and Iorfa is that I do think that they are better at bringing the ball out from defence than what Tom Lees is, which which could be important at Leeds. Yeah, with the, with the way right. Leeds set up, which is Bamford up front on his own, uh, so that they, they actually will, I think sometimes, depending on the high press and everything, I think Wednesday will get time on the ball, so it actually will be important how the two centre halves use it, and can they can they find Bannon if he selected or whoever's in midfield? It's going to be important that Wednesday don't give the ball back repeatedly to Leeds, and as we as we saw the last time they went to Ellen Road, where they were battered really and only lost one nil thanks to Kieran Westwood, but. We expect Leeds to dominate the ball. So when Wednesday do have it, they've got to make the most of it. You make a good point there. And, and you know, that, that kind of trademark Tom Lees, hurtful punt up the pitch is something that you know, we, we've, we've seen over the years that that, that is mm-hmm. as much as he's no nonsense in terms of his style of defending, he doesn't have that composure coming forward. In actual fact, it's been quite interesting that you've, kind of seen him try and do it a few times in, in games of late because I think he's seen the players alongside him do it and he'll get so far and then it's almost that kind of like, you know, centre central defender nosebleed syndrome where he kind of turns back and just plays it back to Dawson because he just thinks this is not, I'm not comfortable with this. And you're right, you know, Iorfa can um, take on pretty much any player and beat them. Um, that comes with it, that risk of being caught out of position, leads break so fast and move at such a pace and they break in numbers as well. Uh, that that worries me a little bit with this, um, you know, bringing the ball out of defence because Julian Burner is very good at it, but he, he's not immune to making an error, particularly when coming forward, he can lose the ball and um, that just worries me a, a, a bit. I think if you're playing a lesser team, having players that can do that is is a real positive. I just don't know if it's a risk worth taking against Leeds. Having this is based just on 45 minutes of what I've not seen them play at any other time this season. But based on that 45 minutes, I just thought, God, you know, if they if they catch us out, this could be a bit of a, a horror show. 
having said that, I mean, this brings us on to kind of the midfield question because I'd be very tempted to not play Hutchinson on the basis of one of those central defenders can do that in terms of bringing the, the ball out a little bit. And maybe that means we're a bit less reliant on someone that's going to come back. So I, I'd be interested in a midfield three of probably Luongo, um, Bannon and Kieran Lee and see what they can do together. Not Pelly Pessy. Probably not. You see, I, I, I'd i be actually reluctant to take Pelly Pessy out of the team. Uh, after the way he played at Brian, uh, 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 my my gut feeling is that Gary Monkey will go back to the tried and tested, and so it will be Hutchinson, Luongu, and Bannon. I think right. will be a midfield three. Who he plays up front with Fletcher probably out. That's. A, a big one, big decision. You know that it leaves it, it you is, with it is difficult, Jordan Rhodes in, in that formation. So that's why it's tricky for him. You know who who's going to be naturally good at playing that lone striker role of the forwards that Wednesday have got left and available. Atty knew you, Jordan Rhodes, Sam Winnell. I, I wouldn't say any of them. No, are, are the best of fits really for that position. I, I think actually you're probably the least suited to it from the start. Um, I, I'm I'm not I'm not sure it's this kind of. I mean, he does. He's, he's not got a bad record against Leeds. We we all remember that one in the snow on um, St Patrick's Day a couple of years back. Um, that and, was alongside that, that Lucas Schwau, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, that last yeah. minute um, winner, despite the very blatant foul that was committed <laughs> in the build up to it. Um, of those options, you you kind of feel. Probably Winall is the most suited to it, or, or probably the most likely to, to do well. But he it's a while since Winall's had a good game, and 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 that you know raises question marks, and then also makes you think, well, you know, he's surely due one, and actually showing a bit of faith in it, maybe he will repay it. But it's a dilemma, isn't it? Because there's only Fletcher that we know that that consistently can play that role well. We're we're kind of shoehorning someone into something that doesn't really work. And then even if you said, well, let's play two strikers, I don't think there's any combination of those that you'd look at and go, well, they play well together. You know, we played Atty and Winall mm. together in the in the last league game. That didn't work. Didn't work at all. Um, the only other curveball or, or, or way that I could maybe see Gary Monk approaching it is by playing perhaps a sort of 4-4-1-1 where you've got reach in that sort of number 10 position, say off Winall. Murphy on the right, or or maybe you, I say Murphy on the right, but maybe if you want to be a bit more defensive minded, you could have Kieran Lee or Luongu sort of playing in a makeshift position there, but really they'd be tucking in into the centre to go with Bannon, Hutchinson, and then have Harris on the left. Uh, but, but I actually thought, again, Murphy as an out was better at Brighton, uh, and then with Reach scoring. I think it was a, it was a good day in the sense that it was another reminder to Kadeem Harris that yeah you've played every championship match so far this season but if you 
don't start yeah if you don't hit the heights that you were showing perhaps earlier on in the season you won't keep your place the, the worry with Murphy is that I think he's yet to have two consecutive yeah. good games uh, and it, and it do, it's very hot and cold it does seem to be a good game bad game with him and um, he's we, I don't think we can afford any passengers on Saturday against Leeds I think it's got to be 11 player everyone's got to be on form for it to click and to work which is why I'd probably be reluctant to play two up front for, for that one because we've seen the combination of, of players and, and I'm not I'm not sold with, with Reach playing a number 10 role yet um, seen him do it a couple of times and it, it sort of works but it's not yet sort of clicked in a way that I've thought oh that's that's brilliant and that's something that we should really well actually I suppose do. thinking about it I mean the better option would be to play Luongula who I think has looked more effective in a sort of the advanced role so maybe you, you could then keep Reach on the right I think that's what I'd be tempted to do and, and, and actually play Bannon deeper and, yeah. and let Bannon... I think Bannon's just better suited to playing deeper. Kieran Lee doing what Kieran Lee does and kind of linking the play up a little bit more and he will drop deeper, but then he will push forward um, and give Luongo that slightly more advanced role. But but knowing that what Luongo has that a lot of our players maybe don't have to the same extent is that really good footballing brain and he will, he will know where he needs to be and he'll know the work that he needs to do. And I can see that fitting together and work. It's dead easy to say when we sit here, isn't it? And... and um, I, I I suspect it won't be a game where Gary Monk will try a totally different system. I, I think what you said earlier in terms of tried and tested are, are probably the words. So that idea of playing maybe Luongo up, Kieran Lee, maybe slightly on a wing and them tucking in a bit is, is a great idea. I'm just not sure whether this is the game to try and do that because if it doesn't mm-hmm. work, we can get picked off and um, you know better to do that in a, in a game against lesser opposition. Yeah. Um, I suppose the fear for me is that Leeds with... Their attacking players in, in Jack Harrison and Pablo Hernandez might be fit. He's a key player for them. They're the type who are so dangerous when they get in between the lines. And that's where Wednesday's organisation and that structure and the balance in midfield, it has to be spot on. All leads will find holes uh, and provide that service for Bamford, who we know can uh, inflict plenty of damage uh, on teams at this level, you know, and his form has picked up a lot over the last few months. But, you know, Leeds are the type of team who create a lot of chances and actually their conversion rate isn't the best. But I still wouldn't want to see Wednesday allowing them to have 20 shots at goal um, as the likelihood is that Cameron Dawson would be then a very busy goalkeeper, and that there be there will be some days as we've seen this this season where things will click for Leeds, and then they will put three or four past them. But yeah. I, I think tactically, that's it, it's it's one where Gary Monk, I'm sure he's been stewing about it all this week or thinking about what's the best way to combat Leeds, get the best out of his team, uh, and it all makes for. A very fascinating Yorkshire derby. It will be a good game. Um, probably actually a good time for us to play Leeds in terms of the fact that, I mean, in the striker department, they've really only got Bamford. They, they don't really have any other out-and-out strikers. They're obviously going to strengthen during January, but it hasn't happened yet. So maybe we're just playing them at the at the right time. If you can get Bamford on a, a quiet day, and he, he does have those, you can frustrate him. And we've seen that, you know, slightly childlike in his tendencies that if you do frustrate him, he'll 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 spit the dummy out. Um, and if you can nullify him to an extent, I've just got this feeling that Tom Lees is the right guy to do that. Um, if you can nullify him to an extent, then they're a bit reliant on getting goals from elsewhere. And as you say, that conversion rate 
they do create a lot of chances. You've sometimes the thing with Leeds, you've just got to hope that your luck's in. It's just your day, and and that you know those chances go begging, and then. If we go in nil nil yeah. at half time, I'll be really happy because I think that sets us up then to have a, a go in the in the second yeah. half. But um, they're so hard to call these games as yeah. well because then you've got the whole kind of derby factor to throw in. Mm. The atmosphere will be there. You know, the the Wednesday fans will be making their voices known. It's a stadium where you really can get an atmosphere going, and it is always quite electric at, at Ellen Road. Um, not played a league game for a couple of weeks. Everything's just kind of set up, isn't it, for it to be a real cracker. It's probably going to be another nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd probably so well. take that, wouldn't you, if you're Wednesday <laughs> Absolutely, fan? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know, draw... Many would it go the full season without conceding a goal to Leeds? So the I think the we'd, consistency we'd levels of Leeds this season, uh, I know that everyone loves a good old you know, Leeds are falling apart chance again, but the reality is I think it's a different Leeds this season. They've lost four matches in 26. Uh, you know, that's... Some you look at the form table. There is there's a no, wobble they, there at the moment, they, and they are they have you know, had a wobble, but they, they you know they've already Bur- they've they already Birmingham, got Birmingham, but they conceded four goals. They've already got fifty two points on the board. The nine clear of Brentford in third. I, I really think that if they bring in another forward of real quality to support Bamford, it's hard to see them f- surely slipping up this season. You, you, you're right. It pains me to say, but I think it's 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 going to be Leeds this year, and it's their time. But so it's a tough assignment for Wednesday, and I think if they come away with a draw, it's a it's a good result, a win, fantastic, great, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, right then, let's hear from inside the Wednesday squad. Here is Morgan Fox. Morgan, I know you've said that you concentrate on your football, but would you like your contract situation to be? resolved sooner rather than later for me it's not a big problem I think um, I've spoken with the gaffer and things like that and you know we're all happy where we are and um, like I said just now I'm happy here and like I'm playing my football and with the amount of games we had over Christmas you almost don't really have time to think about anything else and now we've got another like big games coming up so I'm just focusing on that how nice is it for you personally that the manager's saying that he wants you to be part of his plans moving yeah, forward yeah of course it's always nice to be wanted I think in any walks of life, you want to be wanted by someone, and um, it gives you that confidence going out on the pitch to sort of express yourself. And you know, I keep saying it, but I really am. I'm enjoying my football at the moment. Do you think that you're in the best form of your Owls career? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, it helps as well. Like you look at the, the lads around us, we've got a great group here. Um, everyone sort of enjoys everyone enjoys being here and being out on that pitch. And I think you can you can tell in the way we're playing. What do you put it down to? This sort of the, is it the long periods you've had in the team. Yeah, I think is consistency it? helps definitely. Um, you know, I've had it before. I've been in and out, whether that be manager decisions or a couple of little like injuries and niggles myself. But um, no, to get a good good run of games and consistency is massive. I think because um, you can work on different things and you can compare your games that you've had before and stuff like that. So that that definitely how I feel about it. And what is the manager like to work with on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's um, he's very sort of meticulous in his work with um, how we're going to play, which which I think is brilliant. I think you know we impose our game on the opposition as opposed to changing to what they're going to do, um, and I think the the boys have reacted well to that. So the joys of the uh, January uh, transfer window. Uh, first of all. 
What a bye-bye. Uh, so, Moses. <laughs> I'm uh, definitely sure that's not how you pronounce his surname. Is it not? Uh, no. I don't know. Um, I feel like you've been wanting to say that for a while, James. I'm not his biggest fan. No, I might have, really? I might have, I might have I'd not established that. Might have mentioned no. this. Um, clearly, I'm not. I'm not the only one though, because Gary Monk's made it pretty clear that he um, doesn't have a, a future. He's free to leave on a permanent or on um, or on loan. Um, I, I do. I, I do fear that he's, he's not a great footballer, and it's his kind of footballing brain that worries me. His decision making is, is is not that that great, but um, certainly he's a good athlete. He can get up and down the pitch well. Um, for me, what this does show is 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 Gary Monk those early signs of kind of taking the ball by the horns a little bit here and thinking I've got to reshape this squad. I don't have a lot of money to spend, so you know how do I how do I do it? And if that's a player that's not got a future just saying you're on your way uh, and that frees up a bit of wages or whatever it might uh, be, that's a real good sign. It's ruthless, isn't it? And I think that's the sort of decisive action that needs to be taken. Yes. Uh, so I think you have to really applaud sort of the, the, the courage of Gary Monk, really, that he he's given sort of Moses Odebajo a number of opportunities uh, he did around sort of November December um, and actually I, I was looking at the stats last night and he started Moses Odebajo the first six matches of Gary Monk's reign and then he came out of the team at Cardiff when he brought Morgan Fox back in and actually it just shows you, doesn't it, how fortunes change in football, really. We're, we're, at the time, we're thinking Morgan Fox is the one who's struggling to nail down a place. Yeah. And actually, it's completely reversed now where Morgan Fox has established himself as the first choice left back and Moses Odebajo has been in and out. And when he came back into team over November, December, that's then when you've had... Goal, the goal they conceded at Brentford. I think he should have done better at Charlton that we've talked about before. And of course, he was sent off and conceded a penalty at Derby. And I think really that Derby match perhaps was the final straw. He's been on the bench a few times since then. But I think Gary Munker's made his mind up. And for him to go with Azazi at Brighton and to leave Odebajo... David Bates and Ash Baker out of that of the squad completely. It tells you everything that you need to know about where they stand uh, in yeah. his thought process. There was that that interesting situation in the I think it was the Bristol City game where we ended up with Sam Hutchinson playing at, at fullback at some point, even though we'd got Odebajo on the bench, he still wouldn't bring him on to 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 play in the fullback role. And you kind of think that that sort of says something. So probably shouldn't be surprised really, but I think it's mm. maybe been a while since we've. Maybe signs of it under Steve Bruce, but he never really got the chance to to do it. But but signs here that Gary Monk's uh, the only phrase I can kind of come up with is just that taking the ball by the horns now and just going right, we're doing this one way or another. We're going to do this, and you know signs there that maybe that approach to um, recruitment and included in recruitment, I I kind of include that squad churn of of getting rid of players, you know, bemoaned kind of keeping players for maybe too long. Now we're looking at a player we've only had for a couple of months and, and moving them on because they're not part of the future the future plan. And um But I've, of course I've, it's I've easier so many done. times about that long term vision not mm -hmm. being there for yeah. Wednesday. And this is the first indication actually of someone that's saying, well this guy's not going to be in the picture in two years. So what's the point in having him now? Yeah. You know, Bigger is probably more likely to mm. be in the equation in two years. You concentrate on on him. You concentrate on bringing in someone else that maybe fits that role of perhaps not being as experienced, 
but having a future and being part of building a squad that in the next mm. two, three years has got a real chance of promotion. If it doesn't happen before then, you find yourself in that situation where you've got a squad of real young, hungry players that have been playing together for a little while and that are quite exciting and have got something to prove, something to offer. Um, and that's a real good sign. I'm really pleased about that. Yeah, Sorry, you yeah. No, is it, the only thing I would add is that, of, of course, Odebaggio having only signed last summer, he's still got 18 months left to run on his contract. So on a, you would think if it's a permanent, when, you know, when's he going to want a fee for him? Uh, and his performances... Uh, they're not going to. They're not going to give him away, are they? I don't I know. Mean, do, I, uh, what I read from kind of saying you're free to leave is kind of like, look, we're not bothered about a transfer fee. We just want you off the books, mate. Well, but I know, but I mean, how many times have we seen that really uh, since the chairman Dave Bonchance was coming? Maybe, but, but then but, we, but, uh, we don't it, know what the situation is at the moment no. in terms of what what the arrangement is between Gary Monk and and the chairman in terms of who's making those decisions. We know that Steve Bruce was, was quite forthright yeah. about wanting the final say on stuff like that. Gary Monk would have a big input into and, it, of know, course, but then saying, it's the final... Just fi- let him go, it doesn't but, matter. If the fee's yeah, going to be, yeah. what, 100 grand, 200 grand, is it, is it significant in the situation mm. that we're in right now? Is it going to make But the final say difference? would always be with, with the chairman, uh, as it should be. Uh, but of course, that's why... There's part of me that thinks maybe it's more realistically that here go perhaps out on loan. Uh, for, for the rest of the season to another club, and and look, look at his CV and what he's done in his career. He has got promotions on his CV, and he has played a number of matches in the championship. So I still think there will be clubs that would be interested in him. It hasn't happened for him at Wednesday, but there's clearly not a bad player in there. We just haven't seen it that often at Wednesday. Good luck to him wherever he goes next as well. Um, but Rumour Mill kind of talking a bit about um, Jordan Rhodes and Norwich again. Now, this one's been knocking around for um, donkey's years, but um, it obviously went quiet during the summer. There was this talk about this kind of cheeky bid from Norwich, yeah. asking for him on a free and, um, you know, that kind of breaking down any negotiations. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I've kind of seen rumours among particularly kind of social media and stuff like that, that, that maybe Norwich want to resurrect that that deal. Um, anything you can shed the light on that? Nothing concrete. I, I reckon if Norwich are serious about trying to bring Rhodes back, uh, I think it's, it's going to be a case of it would be towards, I think, the end of the window. I think a, a lot of the business will be done at the back end of January. I think it's inevitable. Um, but from Wednesday's point of view, with Forestieri still out injured and probably not going to be fit until maybe, la- again, latter January, the, the back end of January, I, you know, you'd leave yourself very short. If Forestieri and Fletcher are injured for a period of time, you can't let Jordan Rhodes go out until they bring in another forward. It's as simple as that. And I think re- really... A look at the squad and Fletcher again is injured um, for a long time then I think they need a minimum of two players in this window I think to, to cover the loss of Fletcher well the, the, there've been uh, two or three names that we've been linked with on loan quite consistently over the last two or three weeks but at the moment it looks like probably none of those are going to happen in fairness I would say about Eddie Nikita who 
his loan spell ended at Leeds and now Arsenal are looking to loan him back out again and you've got Nottingham Forest and Bristol City there. There's a number of clubs who are interested in him and Wednesday are one of those who've certainly kept tabs on him. But I don't think, my understanding is, I don't think he's ever probably been at the top of Wednesday's sort of wish list. Um, So... They're looking for pace, and we know that they're looking to boost the forward line, and, and that's the the positive for Wednesday. And really, I think they'd like to bring in a winger and another striker. If with Fletcher and his situation, does that change? And you actually bring two forwards in. I, I, I think if, I mean, a good window now. I think for Wednesday would be loan Jordan Rhodes out. And bring two forwards in. Yep, I I I, th- I think I'd, I'd be pretty satisfied with that window. And also, if they could maybe ship out some of the fringe players, what they do about David Bates? He because he ain't going to play. Or if uh, he's not for him tonight again, the squad last week. So I saw the video on the club's social media feed yesterday, which proves David Bates is alive. He is yeah. it, only you have questioned that. James. Didn't move very much. <laughs> so whether or not maybe it's like a cardboard cutout, I'm not sure. But you know, he was there. Uh, and and Ash Baker being another one, you know, neither of those even got a run out for the under twenty threes early this week, uh, it, so which is quite a statement, isn't it? And I think you, you would expect you would have expected probably David Bates to come in and play against Brighton. You'd see there's no no real reason to certainly to not be on the bench. Yeah. Certainly be on the bench ahead of Tom Lee. Still Lees. not to be involved then in in the um, under twenty threes game. You yeah. kind of think. It just seems like a bit of a waste of money right now. It's surely better, and I'm surely HSV will probably be thinking the same in terms of the fact that they'd rather bring him back and then send him out somewhere they know he's going to play. It, it, it's I feel it's been a bit really unfortunate for him in the it, it, when you look at no one expected Dominic Iorfa yeah. to make the impact that he has done at centre half uh, and to really become one of the first names on the team sheet. Yeah. So he's gone ahead of him in the pecking order, pushing David Bates further down in. And, and we didn't know if Julian Burner was any good either, really, did we? When well, he arrived, you know, you'd look at it and think, "Well, David Bates has played at this level. You know, he's played in the in the Bundesliga, so you know, surely he's going to go above Julian Burner, who'd only played at kind of second tier level." And and it's actually proved the op- the opposite way around. Yeah. So, I I reckon a really positive, good window for Wednesday would be to bring in two loans and to try and offload Jordan Rhodes. And those players that appear to have been deemed surplus to requirements, Odebajo, Bates, Baker. Uh, Josh Sims, tell me about him. Josh Sims, well, he's one that uh, I asked Gary Monk about um, after Brighton, and he said that they've discussed him in the recruitment team. And, and I think he really fits the profile of the sort of player that Wednesday want. You know, he's had a stint in America in the first half of the season where I think by all counts, he's done relatively well there, but he'd bring that that pace, you know, on the flanks and versatility as he can play a number of positions. Uh, I think Wednesday, if they were genuinely serious about him, they would face a bit of competition. Um, yeah, I think Huddersfield and uh, you know, t- you know, the team in America that, that he's been at. I think it's New York. They they they're looking at him too. So it, it'd be. I don't think it would be straightforward, put it that way, uh, if they were to bring in a Josh Sims. And I think that actually goes for 
anyone that they try to bring in on loan from a Premier League club. Uh, it, you know, these are not easy deals to get done and over the line. Yeah. Um, only other thing really to that's, that's kind of you know worth touching on this week is uh, is the findings in the um, the ridiculous ongoing thing about um, Leppings Lane. Um, and I say findings. I mean, it kind of turned out that the council's order was judged to have not particularly been um, legal in the first place. So um, good signs there in in terms of now it looks like um, talks to kind of find a, a long-term resolution to that one, which is um, which is a real positive. Right, on to Alpinions then. And on the back of the big O and uh, his debut down at Brighton, it got me thinking about uh, best debut in a Wednesday shirt um, and I, I love things like this because you get people that go all the way kind of back right to you know kind of the 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 you know the years during the 50s and the 60s and the 70s sometimes even before and then you know kind of younger fans who are much more kind of recent memories and um, kind of some of the names that I probably expect might pop up as, as we kind of chat about this one on social media players like Colin West and David Hurst uh, Guy Whittingham Reggie Blinker had yeah. a cracking debut at, at Villa. I remember um, watching match of the day there. Yeah, he got two. Two fantastic yeah. goals, actually. Wednesday um, lost that as well, that game. Yeah. Um, more recently, Lloyd Awusu, uh, even Rodri, actually, had a yep. very good debut. Um, any Anyone that stands out for you? Well, I was going to mention Rodri, yeah. Yeah, it, we it, thought um, got a will be to there. Yeah. Didn't we? And, it li- I remember David Jones very smug in the interview afterwards when he was like, "Well, you know, we have we have scouts all over the world." Worst <laughs> <laughs> Jones that, that really was. That was a shocker. Don't edit that out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and funnily enough, now Rodri, who then went back to Spain not so long after, is back here in England. Well, he's not now. Is he? He's gone back again. He's now. Oh, has he gone back? By. Yeah. Um, they, I think they got him on a contract to the end of January. Uh, told him that they weren't going to keep him on, so he's gone anyway. No. Devastating so, uh, yeah. news. <laughs> but no, he, he did. I do remember that debut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Wednesday, the beat Birmingham 3 2 that yes. night. And he was, yeah, he was outstanding. I think it, I think it was, our, was it our first win back in the championship or maybe second win back in the championship can't remember but, yeah it was one of um those. yeah it was uh it was it was a good one uh, do you know what i was thinking about this for another hour's opinion off the top of my head what we should be thinking of uh, this be really tricky homegrown best debuts or you know in, or oh, in, wow that would really test niche. people's well knowledge. i mean actually I, I he wasn't homegrown actually but um, no i know his ours he wasn't but um well, I asked a few friends about, about this last night to get a few uh, a few names, and again, a, a real mix here. So, uh, Azrav Lazar got mentioned for his debut last season. It was a, it was yeah. a good one. Uh, Kenwin Jones, Atty knew you because he scored at uh, QPR, QPR on his yeah. debut, cracking goal. Again, we thought we got a will beater there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Bart Williams got mentioned. Now, yeah. he wasn't really homegrown player because we signed him from Leighton Orient or from was it Leighton Orient? Can't remember. Um, but um, yeah, he's he's, he's not far off being homegrown. But then I remember, you know, Ash Baker had a good debut as well. You know, he, he played very well in his first game, looked very competent. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, either best debut in a Wednesday shirt or if you want to go down the route being a bit more niche, best homegrown debut oh, in uh Could get some real debate this week. Wednesday shirt. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I can't remember who Joe Wildsmith's first game was. Do you know what? I, I was thinking about that before. I think it was Mansfield in the Cup 4-1. So, it wasn't... And Cameron Dawson... Was that off the bench at Brighton at home? Westwood had gone off, I think, injured and they lost 2-1. Yeah. So do, no. we, do we include off-the-bench appearances in this? This is a... Well, oh, 
goalkeepers. Yeah, really. Yeah, I, suppose, yeah, we, I, we, 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 I think I think we'd be struggling for names anyway. I'm trying to think. Certainly in recent times, I I don't know. I mean, can people remember? From, um, yeah, last well, 20, 30 years however te- yeah. te- technically in terms of starting a game John Rudd scored twice on his Wednesday debut but I think he'd come on as a sub at Wigan no or am I, I just think thinking of home started, debut no, I think he started right. at Wigan yeah his home debut scored but yeah he'd played at Wigan he set yeah, up the goal for Ross Wallace so home no. debut is definitely don't count, I think. <laughs> right. Um, let us know your uh, your thoughts on this one. You can catch Dom on Twitter at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. You can contact the show at Dom and James. And thank you as ever to our lovely gold sponsors at Taito Law, who you can find at titolaw.co.uk. That's T-Y-T-O-Law.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls and see you next week. <laughs> Azazi Urigidi Azazi Urigidi Azazi Urigidi